With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. The official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey guys, Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Finally, lots of real Husker football to discuss in this episode. We'll also test our luck against a new guest in the weekly Pick'em segment. So we recorded our reaction to the Colorado game on Sunday while the emotion was still hot. Uh, A lot of times when we talk about the game and the recap, it's been a few days. We've already talked, so we kind of know what we're saying, and we lose a lot of emotion. So hopefully we captured a lot of emotion here. So let's go ahead and let's play that now. It's all heartbreaking Lincoln as Scott Frost loses to Colorado 33-28. to What a heartbreaking loss this, this was. Derek, how much did it hurt to see Nebraska lose the way they did? Well, absolutely it hurt. But you give it a little time and you realize, okay, there was a lot of good things to take out of this game. So while the sting hurt last night, I think when I woke up this morning, I realized there's, we can move on and learn from the, a lot of what happened. I, I'm not too concerned yet. Tanner, how much was Nebraska hurt by not having that Akron game last week? That's a great question, Justin. You know, right now I think that's a really easy thing to put your hat on. Um, that we didn't have that game and that really hurt us, and, and maybe it did. Maybe a lot of the flaws we saw um, were there. What I saw mostly in this game is a pretty well executed game plan. I, I didn't see a lot of mental mistakes. Um, I just saw when Nebraska needed to make a play, uh, it just did it, and then that's really what I saw in that game. And it, there's a, and we'll talk more about this, but I, I don't know how much the Acker game really played into it. Well, Derek, I want to ask you: Do you think the game would have been any different had we played Akron last week? Absolutely, I couldn't disagree with Tyler more. We mean there was no mental mistakes. We had three fumbles, lost two of them. There was a terrible interception. And I think those are, those are kinks that could have been worked out in the first game. There were penalties. There were 11 penalties for 95 yards that were absolutely atrocious. And those are things that could have got cleaned up in that first game. And I think those really killed us, especially when you have some of them on drives that killed drives that could have helped you bleed the clock towards the end. Well, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe the fumbles will, will fix, and maybe we won't fumble another ball all season now that we play the game. I just don't. When I look at the first game, typically what I see is, oh, this route wasn't ran right, and it, the, that's the mental mistakes usually you see in the first game. You don't all of a sudden see a team that turned the ball over a couple times. All of a sudden, they become turnover-free after that first game. Maybe it wasn't not, like we didn't need the routes right. Maybe not turnover-free, but you can usually clean that up a little bit. And penalties is one of the biggest ones, especially when Antonio Reed's penalty possibly costs us the whole damn game. I mean. 
that we could we could have had a fourth and twenty four, and all you have to do is stop them on that fourth and twenty four if you don't get that penalty, and that's a penalty that but, you can clean up. I mean, that's an aggression penalty. Aggression penalties are ones that are a little bit in DNA. I don't see the first game matter. Tyler, that, that was that not. Penalty. That was not an aggression penalty. That was a stupid penalty right there. That was that was completely unnecessary. Third and twenty four. If he does not do what he did, and he, there's no reason he had to, the, the ball is three yards over the receiver's head. He did not need to do that, and it gave Colorado the first down. And we know what happened after that. But that was not aggression. That was stupid. Well, I agree with that. But I will say this though: I I, I do agree that hit was there. But I would almost argue, was that ball really catchable? I mean, that ball was a half mile over the guy's head. I started looking at that replay today and really questioning, was that a penalty? Yes, it was a penalty. Why why would you say it's not a penalty? That's exactly why it was a penalty, because it was not catchable, and you hit him when he didn't need to be hit. But they didn't call targeting. He he didn't target him. They just called unnecessary roughness. They didn't call targeting. You're right. It wasn't pass interference. It was targeting. Or it, was, roughly, it, was, it, was un- it was unnecessary roughness. It was not. It was not targeting, and it was not uh, a pass interference. It it, it was an unnecessary play. I mean, he did not need to hit him, and you know Nebraska would probably walk away with the win if it wasn't for that. Hey, I want to stick on this about missed opportunities right now because we saw a lot of missed opportunities in this game, especially late. Uh, I guess it kind of started with uh, Stanley Morgan's drop uh, in the end zone. Uh, Tyler, do you have any thoughts on on that? Well, I think you look at this game, and and again, ultimately, I liked what I saw from Nebraska, but it is really hard for me not to say there were some definite missed opportunities. Um, You had two fourth down conversions that we did not pull off. Um, The second half, I mean, you look at uh, when we got the ball back in, even after Adrian Martinez got injured, Andrew Bunch threw a dime to J.D. Spielman. If J.D. Spielman catches that ball, the game's over. Um, the third and 17 or third and 19 win, uh, we bailed them out. I mean, we had this game a couple different times, and we just couldn't put them away. Uh, full of missed opportunities in that game. Derek, Be- before we move on, do you guys – is there any concern from either one of you two on the play calling and the tempo when you were up and you could have bled the clock a little more than they did? They were still snapping the ball with 18 to 20 seconds left a lot of times, and they could have been bleeding the clock a little more. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I, I had some concerns there, but I kind of figured that was just kind of – it would fix itself. We'd just go down the uh, – just keep on marching down the uh, the field. The only issue that I had with the play calling was that basically in the final drive, in that final minute when Bunch came out in the final drive, I kind of, uh, I don't understand the play calling, and I don't know how much it was of the play calling that Scott Frost was calling or if Bunch just wasn't you know, making the right reads when necessary. When he should have been going farther downfield and he's thrown out to the flat while seconds are ticking off, that there's something wrong there. I, I I didn't like that, so I I don't know what you know what the point there was. Well, you bring up that drive. There, there was another ment- big mental mistake where our offensive lineman got a false start, and we had to burn a timeout that we shouldn't have had to burn with 19 seconds left. That was another That's- mental mistake that could have been set- sorted out in that first game. I think. 
yeah. I don't know what we would have done with that timeout there. I mean, I, and by that point, if you're burning the timeout, you, you you're basically have three plays left anyway. And well, the, the, I, the, the problem is you could have went anywhere on the field. You could have used that timeout. I mean, instead of trying to uh, make sure you had to go out of bounds or have to go for the end zone, you could, have, you could have had a play down the middle somewhere. Tyler, what do you think of the play calling there? Yeah, I, I think I, I tend to think, you know, that's Scott Frost. I mean, to tell to sit there and say, well, I don't like that aggressive attitude. Um, yeah, I don't think that's Scott Frost. I think, but at the end of the day, game, I'm with you, Justin. Like, I would have liked to see them take a couple more shots down the middle. I mean, college football, the first down stops the clock. There was 50-some seconds left. You had time. I don't mind the 15-yard passes and trying to let your athletes make plays, but, I mean, they were really hugging that sideline, and, man, I would have liked to see him try to hit J.D. Spielman in the middle and see if he could have taken one deep. Um, I just I, I felt like it was very, very constricted to try to get out of bounds to conserve the clock. Do you think that was Andrew Bunch making, you know, making those plays there, or if that was what Scott Frost was calling, though? It's hard to say. I mean, without knowing the route tree and who they're supposed to be looking at first, um, it, it's really hard to say. I, I would guess Andrew Bunch, having as limited experience as he had, I would doubt he was on his third green. I think he was probably looking at the guy the play was designed to. Had Adrian Martinez been in there for the final three and a half minutes of the game, would it have been a different outcome, Derek? That's hard to tell. I mean. Does does, does uh, Spielman still make that drop? I don't. I don't know. I, I think we have a better chance with uh, Adrian Martinez than than we did Bunch, but I don't. I don't know if the outcome changes. I, I think the thing that changes. I mean, first of all, I will say this: I don't think Adrian Martinez could have thrown a better ball than Bunch did on that third and uh, third and fifteen to Spielman. Uh, I think the thing that would have been different is you talk about a little bit of, you know, we had time. Maybe Martinez could have broken one 30 yards with his legs and, you know, picked up some yards if the defense was giving room. Uh, ultimately, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know from a passing standpoint how much better uh, Martinez is than Bunch, but that maybe the legs could have broken a playoff lane. Well, let's talk about the bright spots of the offense because there was a lot. Of, oh, go ahead, well, Derek. You, you can't go into the bright spots without talking about probably the worst aspect of the game. Special teams. Which Nobody's is? brought up special teams. Special teams are atrocious in this game. I don't even, I'm not even going to bring up the missed field goal too much because I don't even, I mean, a true freshman kicker coming in trying to make a kick in a big game like that, I'm not so worried about that miss. What I'm concerned about is the punt returns that we had three of and had negative two yards returns. The uh, J, uh, J.D. Spielman returning two kickoffs for 35 yards and probably should have maybe just took some t- touchbacks because we never got back to 25 to start. And it was, uh, the coverage was okay, but overall, the special teams was just terrible. Well, it was the penalties. It's the, pen- uh, the block of the back. The, penalty, the penalties were right another there. big issue. That one, uh, that one punt return, there were... Two, two block blocking the backs. backs. <laughs> and you could see those blocking the backs before they even happened. It was like, oh, no, don't keep stepping. Don't keep stepping. Oh, he did it. Yeah, both times. It's piss poor. It was terrible. 
Yeah, that 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 is that right now is my biggest area of concern going forward for this team, this special teams overall. All right, so now let's talk about the bright spots of the offense because there are plenty. Uh, Tyler, what did you really like about this offense? Adrian Martinez. Um, you know, Adrian Martinez was a really good passer this day. Um, you know, I thought he was efficient. He was good. He was what I was hoping I was going to see. His legs were better than I was expecting. I knew he was fast. I knew he was good. But the way his mobility is ability to make people miss an open field was really remarkable. But the best thing about Adrian Martinez was his pocket presence. I mean, that guy, he felt the pocket really well. He tucked it up and ran when it needed to be. He scrambled out of the pocket and put himself in a position to make throws. The guy had amazing pocket presence well above his years. Derek? I think you have to give so much credit to Greg Austin and that offensive line. Like, they were opening up holes for these guys to run. We had two guys. I mean, one of them was Adrian Martinez, yes. And Greg Bell also had 100 yards rushing. I mean, last year we couldn't get a guy to get 100 yards all damn all year except for the first two games with Trey Bryant. And outside of that, we couldn't get rushing yards for nothing. And we had, in the first game, we end up with, uh, what was it, 329 rushing yards, averaging 6.1 yards per carry. Uh, let's, let's give the offensive line a little credit. That was a big turnaround. Yeah. So, so you mentioned the two hundred yard rushers, and uh, this may be my last Debbie Downer point, but this is the first time in school history we lost a game with two hundred yard rushers. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, I mean that that that's that's a kick in the throat because I mean this is a game, and it's not like we didn't throw the ball well. I mean this was a game that we just blew a lot of opportunities to win this game. I would say that's a Mike Riley footnote, but Mike Riley would never have two hundred yard rushers. <laughs> I, I think the biggest issue is Colorado didn't beat us; we beat ourselves, and I think that's what makes us such a hard loss to take because we outplayed them, we out we outdrove them, we outscored, or we should have outscored them. We had two, almost two hundred more yards total offense than they had. Uh, defensively, we played so great, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, we just folded at bad times and you know uh, giving them a 14 point spot to begin the game just really hurt us although we did respond well because last year if we went down 14 nothing that early in the game I think we'd have lost that game 56 to 7 who knows I think Luke Gifford even said something along the lines after the game and uh when he was talking to the media. Hey, did, did you guys think that Greg Bell would be a little bit faster than what he is out there? Is it just me? I don't believe, but you know what? He was effective, and that's that's all I care about. I mean, yes, he probably wasn't the fastest back that we have by any means, but shit, he averaged, I think it was like almost nine yards a carry. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> he had two long runs. He had that 45-yard run, and right when he broke through the linebacker, backers and stuff i thought he was gone and then people just three dudes just ran him down like nothing i was like huh i thought he'd be faster than that but no it, it's good to see him i, I like okay with i as like what he, as gives. long as he's effective like that in most of the games i don't think he can be effective like that every single game but as long as you can be like that effective like that in most of the games i'm i'm pretty happy with what he did 
I liked all three running backs, to be honest with you. I thought a Zigbo did great. I think more Maurice Washington, I think he's going to be special. He's, uh, he's quick. He's really quick. And I like his fire. He plays with a lot of fire. If he gets a little bit more weight added to him, that's, that's a hell of a running back crew that we have. Uh, Tyler, anything else? Yeah, I, I think the last thing I just would like to point out on offense, and you guys kind of hit the running backs, and Derek kind of hit the offensive line, but – um, you know, overall, like I thought the play calling, and I know you talked about the end of the game, like it was fun to watch the Scott Frost offense. Like okay. I felt the the mix of pass run was really, you know, to a lot of degree unpredictable. They used Martinez running really well. Um, the the routes our wide receiver ran, and maybe this was a more of a credit to how bad Colorado's defense is, but there was a lot of plays where our wide receivers had a lot of spacing. Uh, you know, Martinez, it was pretty easy on him because there was a lot of open receivers uh, until the fourth quarter. But, yeah, I mean, I, th- I loved watching the Scott Frost offense in effect. I was a little shocked that the tight ends weren't used more than what they were. I think, uh, especially there at the end of the game, you know, if you have those big-bodied guys, chunk it to them in the end zone. Uh, let those guys make plays. But they were, for the most part, they were pretty absent in the passing game in this game. Yeah, and I, I think the big thing with that is I think when the whole Frost offense, when we, we anticipated so much out of the tight ends. We expect the tight ends to start being, becoming more a part of the offense. And I believe there was two receptions from tight ends, one from Kurt Raffdell and one from uh, Jack Stahl. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to the defense. Lots of bright spots there. Uh Derek, give us your overall thoughts on the defensive play. Well, last year we had 14 sacks in the whole season, and we had seven in this one game. And it wasn't even just the fact that we had sacks, because they were dialing up some pressures. I think what was most impressive to me was uh, Khalil Davis had two sacks. Freedom McMullen had one and a half. Uh, Ben Stilley had one. And then we had... uh, Two and a half that were taken, or yeah, two and a half that were taken by uh, by linebackers. So that front seven is really, really going to be good. Like we're going to have fun watching these guys. I was really impressed with the the amount of improvement from last year. That was that was a welcome sight right there. A lot of fun. Tyler, thoughts? So, so you mentioned the sacks and how much better it was than last year. So right now, we've only played one game. Only one game the Huskers have played. We are currently in the top 18 in the country in sacks. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that, that is remarkable considering the, the where we are. So, um, and, and the team that's number one, just going to throw this out there, is Herm Edwards, uh, and ASU has 11 sacks. But Nebraska, to be in the top 20 in the country in sacks with one less game, um, that's remarkable. And, and it was fun to watch, and they were hitting the quarterback – and even, you know, most of the time when, you know, we didn't get to him, if we brought pressure, it wasn't it wasn't wasted. There was a lot of good throwaways by Colorado. I mean, we were in his face a lot during the game. So we're all impressed with the defensive line and the linebackers. How would you grade the secondary, Derek? I, I'm not going to be as hard on them as I think you guys probably are. Uh, look. Montez threw the ball 50 times, and yes, he completed 33 and I think had 350 yards passing. 
Uh, there were some breakdowns in there, especially in that first drive or two, and then in the last drive. There were some, but you know that 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 last touchdown that was a per, pretty well placed ball, and I don't know how you defend it any better. Like it was, you made a diving catch. It was a great catch, good pass. I, I'd, uh, oh, overall, I thought the secondary looked better than they did last year, but not a lot better. And Antonio Reed not only made the big mistake of the the penalty at the end of the uh, at the end towards the end of the game, he also missed an interception that he damn sure should have caught. Well, that defensive line putting the pressure on the quarterback really helped out the secondary. Uh, they, they were getting after that quarterback, as we mentioned before. Tyler, what are your thoughts on the secondary? Yeah, you know, I, I think they played okay. Um, you know, the thing that disappointed me, you know, Derek, you talked about uh, uh, that last play, and I think that's more coaching than the secondary. I don't know how you don't have a safety over the top of him. Um, he's been beating you all day. With that time left, you, you need a double uh, Latavius. Um, my, my disappointment on the secondary was the lack of production of making plays. And what I mean by that, they had three pass breakups that whole game. So it, it wasn't that they just got shredded by 350 yards, because that's disappointing. Uh, but, you know, maybe Colorado's pass offense is a little bit better than I gave him credit for last week. Um you know, time will tell on that. But the, the thing that bothered me is that they weren't in a position to make plays. And when you talk about this game where we gave up three turnovers, we needed our defense to go in there and make a play. Um, we needed them to go in there and get the ball back for offense one time. And they just didn't do it. And, and that's on the secondary. Um, but, but again, I think, you know, Lamar Jackson looked pretty good in coverage. Boodle had moments of, uh, of really good coverage. Um, I thought our safeties played well. I mean, again, I think that most of there was not a play of these guys being completely out of position this whole game. Um, with the exception of maybe that first drive. I mean, they were there where they needed to be. Um, they just, they need to get a little bit better positioning so they can make a play. I was impressed with Aaron Williams and, uh, he was, he was laying the smack out there. He was great. Trey Neal was great. Uh, I saw the same thing you did with DiCaprio Boodle. I'm not so sure about Lamar Jackson. He was he was kind of absentee, except when he was missing plays. I, I disagree, uh, Justin. Justin, did go watch that game again. Tell me how many passes they completed on Lamar Jackson. Because I tried counting. I counted two. There, of his 32 completions, two were on Lamar Jackson's guy. Only two, okay. Okay, and that might be wrong. I, please fact check me, but I was watching the game... There was a great YouTube video of 40 minutes that I was trying to make some marks of who they were picking on. Um, Antonio Reed was probably number one. Boodle, um, Boodle had a few. I mean, it was pretty much you know, Boodle was on Latavius a lot of that game, and uh, I mean that, that's where they threw the ball at. So kind of give him a little bit of credit there. But yeah, Lamar. I only counted two completions on Lamar Jackson. Okay, I thought it was uh, noteworthy. Uh, to me, any, anyway, that Adrian Martinez had the same amount of tackles as Lamar Jackson. And his tackle was probably a little bit more impressive. You just hate on that guy. Hey, you have a lockdown corner, and you're pissed he's not making tackles. Hey, okay, if he's a lockdown corner, we'll see. Derek, thoughts on that? I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> Lamar Jackson did have the bonehead uh, defensive holding penalty that didn't help Nebraska at one point too, but that's going to happen. Yeah, so he, he wasn't by himself in penalties. No, 
And it wasn't the worst penalty out of that secondary. Can, can I just put one last possible... Again, I'm going to preface this. We played great. I loved it. But can I throw one last potential worrisome before we move forward? Yeah. Are any of you guys concerned about our lack of second-half production on offense? You know, the first half, yeah. we ran the ball for 240 yards. We got on the phone at halftime. I was sitting there saying, we are going to wear them out, and we're going to end this game. It was kind of the opposite. Like, we only ran for the ball for about 90 yards that second half. Um, I don't know if it was us being tired, coaching adjustments, but, um, I mean, we, we only one touchdown in the second half. I mean, that was pretty disappointing. Yeah. I, I'm going I'm to hold my uh, – I'm going to reserve my option to answer that until after a few games. I don't, I don't want to judge it off of one game, but – I know where you're coming from. One, one touchdown in the second half was disappointing, yes. It's kind of like the same song and dance of the last couple of seasons, though. You know, we'll, we'll play our best football, like maybe in the second and third quarters. First quarter, we're, we're on hiatus, and then fourth quarter, we go on hiatus. Uh, it was a little bit of the same this game, but you're right, Derek. We'll, we'll see what happens later on down the road because we didn't have that first game against Akron, so that – well, you know, hurt us. You, you know, you know, you bring up the. Uh, we, I know we already talked about Stanley Morgan dropping that pass in the end zone, but say he catches that in the third quarter, and all of a sudden you're up by two touchdowns. Does that change his game quite a bit? Or, I mean, there's just so many, so many options that that could have factored in, and I just it's it's hard to sit here and go, oh well, we're going to be a t- this terrible second half team after one game. No, and I don't think I'm saying that. I just think, you know, this was a game. I, I looked at the second half, and one of the things of Scott Frost offense and everything we heard about conditioning is that at the end of the day, we were going to get better as the game went on. And that wasn't the case. Um, now, I do think, you know, we the athleticism we showed was probably the strength, and that's what's really going to play off for, for the Big Ten. But we weren't the stronger team in that fourth quarter. No. But but do you really think it was uh, strength and conditioning that lost us that game, or just the bonehead mental mistakes that lost us that game? Because I think it was more bonehead mental mistakes than it was the physicality of the game. I see, and I I don't think it's bonehead mental mistakes. Like I think, I mean, if, I guess if you want to call it drops, boneheaded plays. If you want to call not getting one yard on fourth down a boneheaded play. Like. If you want to call those things, I just think it was a lack of overall making a play when you needed to. I mean, we were 38% on third down. We didn't play that great even on third down throughout the game. There was just – we didn't complete one fourth down. I mean, it wasn't – we just didn't make plays when Nebraska needed to make plays. I thought it was a little bit strange because, you know, we saw our success running the ball, and we had a lot of success until we wanted to run the ball on those fourth down plays. And, you know, I, you would have thought that fourth and one, fourth and two would have been easy pickups, and they just weren't. It, that was really disappointing there. Three attempts for fourth down, and we don't get any of them. And that really could have changed the game for the better. But uh, so did, did, did anybody else, but, well, we're talking about third to fourth down conversions, did anybody else think that Colorado State was a good half yard short on that one fourth down? Yes, 100%. I don't know how they didn't review that and see. They did review it. But they, was, they I know, but I, I can't believe it. He was short. He did. Well, unless that yellow line was that far off. But even their little orange marker on the sideline looked like it looked that yellow line looked pretty close. 
And he looked at least a half yard short. So moving forward, like for me, this was, you know, the first 20 minutes of the game was far more exciting than any game that we played last year in, in 2017. So I like what I see. How would you grade this performance? And then how much better can we be moving forward? Derek? Uh, right now, I'd probably give us probably maybe a B, B minus. I, I think moving forward, if we can fix special teams and fix some of the mental stuff, I, we could probably get up to A minus, maybe A. We, we definitely have a lot of room, room for improvement, and I think we will improve after this week. But I have to see it before I can say that we will for sure, I guess. Final thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Um, I think for me, the the bottom line of this game is going to be is how good was that team we played on Saturday. Um, you know, I was leaving a bar here in Denver, and I was talking to a fellow Husker fan, and we were sitting there saying, you know what, that was pretty good. That was a good game. And a Buffalo fan came to me and said, you know you guys just lost at home to the worst team in the Pac-12. And this is a Colorado Buffalo fan. And I, I will say this, I don't believe him. I don't think they are that bad. But time will tell, and you know, if they end up being that team we thought they were supposed to be and maybe only win one or two more games this season, then this could be a longer season than we hope to see. By the time we, fi- by the time we find that, we're going to know if it's going to be that long of a season or not. So hopefully we've already won some games and we're not worried about what we did against Colorado at that point. Well, we'll find out next week when uh, Troy comes to town. All right, we are back to present day. It is Tuesday. So yesterday, Scott Frost gave us some semi-encouraging news. Shit, maybe it's great news. Adrian Martinez, he's day-to-day. There's a chance he'll play this weekend. Tyler, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's huge. I mean, I think when that happened during the game, the immediate fear was how long is he going to be out? Is it for the season? How bad is it? Um, day-to-day is great. Um, I will say I would like a little bit more optimistic news going into Troy. I'd love him to be able to be, you know, able to play. Right now, I'm not having a lot of faith that that's going to be the case. Um, he did not practice again today, so um, it's looking pretty uh, doubtful that maybe he's going to play. But, yeah, there, at least there's a chance. Derek, so we'll get into our predictions a little bit later, but uh, the thought of Adrian Martinez not playing versus Andrew Bunch playing. What does that do to your uh, outcome of the game this weekend? Uh, you know, I don't know. It's it's really hard to tell what's going to happen with this because uh, I, I think if, if, if Adrian Martinez is able to play, I think you have to play him, get him more snaps before we go into Michigan. Uh, you can't, But you can't risk further injuring him by playing him either. Uh, as far as the outcome of the game, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to read into the way, the way that players are talking about Andrew Bunch and the way we've seen Andrew Bunch play. So it, it's so hard. I, I don't want to judge too much of Andrew Bunch playing 11 plays in that game and then sit here and go, well, he can't beat Troy. But at the same time, what we saw didn't look very encouraging either. So I, I don't know. Would you guess that'd be like a minor drop-off, uh, just a drop-off or significant drop-off, the, as far as the offense clicking? 
it's got to be a drop off. I don't know if it's a major drop off, but it's got to be more than a significant, or it's got to be at least somewhat of a significant drop off. Like it can't be just a minor drop off, right? I I, I think so. I mean, maybe I, I don't know, but all I do know is that all of Husker Nation is watching this uh, situation very closely. They're watching this quarterback issue because this really has an impact to the season. All right, but first, before we get into the season, that's a, you know, that's a all season long. We got to talk about Troy. Uh, Troy's coming to town. Uh, they're one and one. Uh, they got throttled by Boise State in their first game. Uh, 56-20, and then they beat an FCS school, Florida A&M, 59-7 to last week. Hard to make out uh, what this team really is right now, but Tyler, tell us. Well, I think you said it right. I mean, it's really hard to say. I mean, this is a Troy team that ended last season on a seven-game winning streak. Um, you know, they only returned 12 starters overall, and needless to say, this year they've had uneven results. Uh, Boise State throttled them. Is that more of an indication of Boise State or Troy? I don't know, but that was not a close game. Um, but no, I think right now you're, you're looking at Troy and you're saying, like, is this a team that kind of – was this the team that upset LSU? Does it have the potential to be that same sort of team? And I've heard this, and I don't buy it. Um, I, I think their offense has been really bad this year. I mean, I know they put up 59 points at Florida A&M, but it was a really weird fashion game. Um, I'm not buying Troy right now. I'm not either. You know, uh, defensively, they only have four sacks. They've given up eight sacks on offense. I think our our defensive line is going to have a heyday against this offensive line. If they're... If they've given up eight sacks so far this season, and, and it's not like Boise State. Boise State had five of those sacks. Florida A&M had three sacks against them. Can you imagine what our defensive line is going to do to these guys if Florida A&M was able to get three sacks on these guys? Oh, that, that It's going to be fun to watch from a Husker fan perspective for sure. Well, and you look at their offensive line. They're, right now they're starting offensive guard is questionable um kurt kelly um we don't know if he'll be able to play so you already look at bad offensive line now you add a beat up offensive line uh you know th- that is a good recipe for what we could see uh you know going on saturday and on another note i mean they last year's their leading rusher returning is suspended right now i mean this is a very this is not the same team that last year they had oh and and also they're they're replacing their four-year start at quarterback as well so you know key pieces on that offense that are missing so maybe that's why we can't get a good beat on what kind of team this really is at this point oh, they are replacing that quarterback that quarterback they have in is uh caleb barker who, who did have five touchdowns against florida a&m four of them passing one rushing he's actually the leading rushing attempts out, out of all out of the whole team He's third on the team in yards, but he's had the most attempts of 22. So I, I am assuming the guy likes to they, – they like to run him. I, I don't know if that works well for them against Nebraska's defense, the way we've been – the way we played last week. Uh, the, the, well, one of the other stats that, that kind of that stood out to me, and this kind of blew me away. So you talk, you want, I want to talk about their defense just a little bit. Their leading tackler is uh, Justin – Winson Hunt, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. He's a linebacker. He has 11 tackles in two games. He is the only guy with double digits 
and tackles in two games for their whole team. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty troublesome. But, Derek, I will say a guy to keep an eye on this Saturday is going to be Tron Fossum, um, outside linebacker. He had two interceptions last week. He was their leading tackler last year. The kid, I don't know if he didn't play against Boise State, but he only recorded one tackle against Boise State. Maybe they just ran away from him the whole game. But he's a weak side outside linebacker um, who did make some plays for him last year. So I would expect maybe to see him show up a little bit Saturday, uh, especially when it looks at some pass protection. Another another guy you're going to have to watch out for is Marcus Jones. He's a cornerback. Now, he hasn't done a whole lot so far this year, but last year as a true freshman, he had four non-offensive touchdowns. Three of them were on kickoff returns, and one was an interception for that he returned for 100 yards. So wow. he's, a, he's a playmaker. I mean, so we're going to probably – and he's uh, number eight, so we'll probably be looking at number eight on eight going against uh, Stanley Morgan, I'm assuming. Uh, so are, so- are you guys a little bit more concerned, especially with Bunch – probably or possibly being the quarterback are you more concerned with that matchup going into saturday because wondering does this defense actually have a shot to slow down our offense especially if bunches there or are you guys just not really counting that i'm concerned i'm concerned for sure and uh you know and i don't think it that's not because of bunch it's just you know at a lot of times last week uh we just kind of stalled out uh, mental mistakes kind of hurt us. Uh, drops hurt us, and so yeah, that, that's that's going to be in the back of my mind as I'm looking at this. Would Adrian Martinez give me pause? I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd feel a lot better with Adrian Martinez just because of his exciting play uh, ability on the field, but I'm not quite sure what we're getting with Andrew Bunch yet. Derek, I. I just can't buy into the Troy hype. I I think they're living off of the uh, LSU upset from last year. Still, I just I did, judging off of what I've looked at into their into their season so far this year, I can't buy into their some great team. I mean, they beat up on a Florida A and M team. I, I didn't know there was an A and A and M team outside of Texas. I guess so. I really wasn't. I, to, to, to the fact that they beat them up. I mean, Boise State. I'm sure Boise State's a good team, and I'm not going to try and take anything away from them, but they throttled them and just made them look stupid. And, well, I, and I think that Nebraska's got enough athletes, so we have better athletes than what Boise State probably has as far as recruiting rankings goes, that we should be able to handle these guys even without Adrian Martinez. Now, Troy has beaten a better team in the last two seasons than we have, though. So, it was, you know, be that as it may there. Fair enough. That was with a different coaching staff, though. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. I, I found a couple random stats here that I, that I found intriguing. Uh, so under this coach, uh, Neil Brown, they are 16-16 and 16 when topping 400 yards in non-overtime games. So if we can hold them under 400 yards, we got, we got a pretty good shot, I think. But they get over 400 yards, they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they are also 25-0 and 0 when, leading in the, when going into the fourth quarter under this coach. So we're, right. we're going to have to jump on them early and, I think, put them out of the game. Well, the good news on that is that the, that must mean they're 0-13 if they're losing going into the fourth quarter because uh, coach's record is 25-13. So, um, hey, we'll, we'll, we could turn the game off and maybe uh, get a little – 
little extra yard work done or something on Saturday because the game should be over going into the fourth. <laughs> hey, Tyler, so you go back. Let's go back to that question uh, for you uh, with Adrian Martinez versus Andrew Bunch. What, what do you think? There's a difference. There's no doubt about it. Adrian Martinez looked great last week. Um, you know, I, th- I think you look at this and what does this actually mean to point production? And I think that's how you have to look at it. Not yards on anything. And at the end of the day, I think our offensive weapons around Bunch are good enough where I see this being a seven to 10 point swing on offense. Um, now I do think Troy's defense is formable. It's not a great defense, but I do think you take away seven to 10 points. I mean, man, I don't think we're going to light the world on fire Saturday offensively, but I think we have a good enough team around bunch to definitely put up some offensive production. Okay. Uh, Derek, where can this team hurt Nebraska? Oh, I was just thinking that right as you were asking that. Uh, they have two wide receivers, and, and they're, they're, I mean they're not. I don't know if they're world burners, but uh, Damian Willis. I, he's only got like eight receptions, but two of them are for touchdowns. The guy is six foot four at one hundred ninety nine pounds. So the, I think he's got a height advantage in our secondary, which was, looked a little vulnerable still last week. Uh, they got another wide receiver, DeAndre D- Douglas, who's 6'1", 202 pounds. And he's got 10 receptions, but he's got like 128 yards. So he's averaging like 12.8 yards per car- or per reception. He's also got two touchdowns. Uh, they got some receivers I think are, are pretty decent mismatches for our secondary. Tyler, what else uh, can they – where else can they hurt us? Well – Derek kind of took the one I was going to go with. I mean, honestly, I think it's going to come down to can they cause turnovers? Um, You know, last week they had a productive week doing that. Um, You know, they have a pretty good defensive line returning. So they have shown the ability to uh, hurry quarterbacks. They haven't really got to them yet this year. Um, They are going to probably be playing without their starting uh, nose guard. Um, Yes, they still have a nose guard. So uh, um, I think they run a 5-2 or something. It's old blue hawk football or something but um no i i think at the end of the day you're looking at this team maybe getting under pressure they've shown the ability of getting some turnovers if bunch has a bad game uh that could be something nebraska might have to worry about Jeez, Taylor, the way you talk just makes it sound like bunch is gonna start i mean it just it scares me i mean uh, don't you think so though i mean right now if you had a bet who are you betting on yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get your point. I get your point. And, you know, Scott Frost, he's probably not going to allude to the fact that, you know, hey, Adrian Martinez is not going to play. He's not going to lay down those cards like that. So he'll he'll let somebody think that he's going to play. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right. But it just hurts when you say it out loud. <laughs> it's going to be somewhat encouraging that Frost comes out and says he's better than what he thought he would be, though, right? Like, he said he was a little sore, but he's but he's feeling better than I thought he would be. Yeah, I mean, but is that better than what? Better than uh, being out from an ACL, Terry? You know, I mean, what? Better than what? I guess. How, how do you? How does you know compare that to? You know, I, I guess. I, but I asked you guys this question, and I'm curious on your response. So I said, if Martinez was 75 percent, you know, the doctors sound like he's pretty confident they can't injure it more. So he's 75 percent. Do you put him out on Saturday? Absolutely. I think you have to. You need to get this guy as many reps as you can going into Michigan week. I say no. If if he's not, if he's only seventy five percent healthy, just let him get more healthy. Because 
I'm the opposite. I think you need him fully healthy by the time we go to Michigan. I don't want to see any chance of additional injury. Uh, you know, get get Andrew Bunch, get him spun up. Uh, this is a great game for him to you know get some game experience, and then we'll go into uh, at Michigan. I mean, you're you're completely wrong. You just got done saying yourself this game worries you if Andrew Bunch is playing. This is a game that Scott Frost cannot afford to lose. Like, I get it. Like, you I can't lose to Troy. Like, this is this is bad news if we lose to Troy. Yeah, there, there's saying. already a lot of national media already starting to doubt him because he lost to Colorado. You turn around and lose to Troy a week later. The the, the I mean, things start spiraling. No, you're exactly right. Uh, so okay, without giving your prediction your score prediction, or you're picking the winner. How do you see this game unfolding, Derek? I, I Like I said, I'm not buying into the Troy thing. I, I, I get they're probably not. They're probably a better team than what I give them credit for, but I, I think we'll come out with a win regardless of who our quarterback is. Tyler? I, I think the over-under for this game is about 54, 55 points, and I would take the under in this game. Um, I, I just... I think I don't, I'm not going to say this is going to be a Iowa Iowa State type game or a defensive classic, but uh, I, I definitely don't see this being an offensive explosion by either team. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer than what a lot of Husker fans are going to be able to stomach. I think right, it's going to be a game into the fourth quarter, and it's it's going to hurt a lot of people. Uh, all right, so let's uh, move on to our games of the week. Let's bring on our guest. We now welcome in cousin Todd, Tyler's brother here, to join us in guest picks. Uh, Todd, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Oh, fantastic. Hey, I got to say that so far, this is this will be the third week of picks. The guests have been kicking ass every single week, so no pressure there. Uh, of course, there's a lot of pressure on us because me and Tyler just suck at making picks. Well, Justin, you suck a little bit more than I do. So uh, last week, um, Justin, you went a lousy two and four. Uh, me and Derek both went three and three, and Patrick came on and went four and two, which brings the season total to Justin three and eight. I'm four and seven. Derek six and five, and our guests are seven and four. Oh God, that's that sucks. I'm only one game back. It's not so bad. <laughs> All right, Todd, you ready to do this? Yeah, I did a little research. I'm ready to rock. I'm glad. I'm glad. We don't do research, obviously. All right, first game, number 12, LSU at number 7, Auburn. Tyler. You know, both of these teams started off the season very impressive. Uh, two key victories, Washington, uh, Auburn beat Washington, and LSU dominated Miami. Uh, both have really good defenses, but at the end of the day, I think home field uh, reign supreme and i think auburn wins this game Derek, oh you talk about their defense their defenses are almost identical they're both given uh, auburn's given up 301 and a half total yards to lsu's 298 uh passing is 227 to 224 rushing is 74 and a half to 74 the big difference in these two teams is auburn's got a great offense lsu does not and auburn's at home Auburn wins this game. Todd? I'm going to take LSU by a field goal. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, and I think the defenses will 
both play well. All right. I'm not sold on LSU yet, even though they got the they kicked our butts in the let it ride segment. But uh, I have Auburn winning by two touchdowns here. Wow. So we so we should probably so we should probably go with uh, LSU right now. The way this <laughs> season is gone. <laughs> probably. All right, Derek. This is to you. Number seventeen, Boise State at number twenty-four, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is three-point favorites. Okay, I, I, this game was tough for me, and I I didn't know which way to go on this. When it really came down to it, Boise State I think has a slightly better quarterback in Brett Rippon, who's passing for seventy-three percent of his passes, seven touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Taylor Cornelius, Oklahoma State's uh, quarterback has thrown three interceptions against terrible opposing teams in Missouri State and and two against South Alabama. So I think Boise State can probably create some turnovers against that guy and Rippon just doesn't do doesn't turn the ball over. So I went with I went with Boise State in this one. Todd I'm going to take Oklahoma State where I see LSU Auburn being defense. I think this will be very few punts, a lot of touchdowns, and it'll be a shootout. But I take Oklahoma State. Tyler. Yeah, I, I think this is possibly going to be the best game of the weekend. Um, both of these offenses can move the ball. Um, right now, Boise State has the fifth-ranked offense in the country. I think ultimately they're just a little bit better than them. I think that Troy victory, uh, while not impressive, um it's, it's an okay victory, and they dominated Connecticut last week. I think they have the edge against Oklahoma State. I like Boise State as well, and I agree with you, Todd. This, this is going to be a fun game to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Todd, uh, next game, number four, Ohio State, minus 13.5 at number 15, TCU. You know, I wanted to take TCU for the Urban Meyer factor, but I don't think Ohio State – is going to let this one slip. I think it'll be pretty close. I think they would cover the spread, but I'll take Ohio State winning. Tyler. Yeah, I think Nick Bosa for Ohio State might be the best defensive player in the country, or at least so far. Um, He's been absolutely dominant. Uh, He took out Rutgers quarterback last week in the first half. And right now, TCU has a lot of uncertainty at that position. Uh, Coach uh, uh, Peterson is saying that Mike Collins might take over a starting job. I think that's too much uncertainty against that good Ohio State defense. I think Ohio State wins. Derek? Surprisingly, TCU is giving up less yards than Ohio State has by about 50 yards a game. Uh, However, Ohio State's averaging 650 yards a game against two Power 5 teams where – TCU has struggled and only given only taken up 446 yards against SMU and Southern University. I, I'm not I'm not sold that TCU's got the, as good of an offense as they normally do, and I don't think they are going to be able to move it on Ohio State's defense. Ohio State wins big. Make that four Buckeyes all around. I got Ohio State winning as well. Uh, Tyler, this one goes to you. Number 22, USC at Texas. Uh, Texas is favored by three in this game. Yeah, you know, Texas opened the year with a loss against Maryland. And, you know, last week they almost lost to Tulane. They were up 21-0 in that game and only ended up winning 28-21. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I just I ultimately don't think uh, Texas is that good of a team. I think JT Daniels rebounds after a disastrous week against Stanford and USC wins. USC, okay, Derek. So, okay, I agree. Texas, I, I'm not sold on. Texas is averaging 29% on third down conversions. Stay, uh, USC held a way better Stanford team to 4 of 13 for 30% on their third down conversions. So if they can hold Texas to third downs, they're going to shut these guys down big time. And I I, I do think that USC offensively will, will rebound a little bit. Uh, I... I have no faith in Texas whatsoever. I, I think uh, USC wins fairly big here too. Todd, yeah, I'm going to go with Derek. I think it'll be pretty one-sided with USC. And just to correct Tyler, it was Tolson, not Tulane, against Texas last week. But uh, nice. yeah, I see USC beating them pretty easily. Brotherly oh. love, right there, oh. calling you out. Burn. Hey, uh, so my anniversary is next weekend, and we were planning on going to Austin next weekend for our anniversary. Uh, But I told Brooke, I was like, that's probably not a good idea because there's going to be a lot of crying longhorns down there. Uh, I got USC winning, so we're not going to go associate with those people because it's just going to be bad news. We're going to Dallas. Uh, All right, Derek. You get the first pick of the shiniest turd bowl. The worst in the Big Ten plays the worst in the Big 12. Ruggers at Kansas. Kansas is three-point favorites. Which turd do you pick? All right. So this was a tough game. This might have been actually the toughest game to pick. I think when it comes down to it, I went back to quarterback play on this one. And Archer Sitkowski, however you say that kid's name at Rutgers, has thrown four interceptions. Kansas' quarterback has not thrown an interception. But here's the funny thing. Do you know where all of his interceptions came from? Defense. <laughs> well, three of them came <laughs> against Texas State. Only one of them came against Ohio State. That's because he didn't play the second yeah, half. That's, yeah, he was hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, that may factor in. But at the end of the day... He is a terrible quarterback. I don't even know if he's playing next week. Whatever. Is that, yeah, he's probable, so I'm guessing he's playing. Uh, Kansas, I think they're riding high after that first road win in like 45 games. I think I think Kansas pulls out the win. Well, Chris Ash expects him to play. Uh, Todd, who do you have? I'm going to take Rutgers. I see Kansas lost to Nickel State. That's all I needed to see, so I'm going Rutgers. <laughs> Tyler? Yeah, what Todd said. All right. Hey, I like Kansas in this game. I'm taking the home team. I think with Arthur Sikowski, maybe. Hold on, hold on. Can I change my pick? A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You're taking this train to the (laughs) of hell, man. You're going down along with me, but Kansas, Kansas will win. This is how uh, I get one up on Tyler. All right. Now it is time for the game of the week. Troy at Nebraska. The uh, line has moved up to minus 12 for Nebraska, up from 7.5 at open. Uh, Tyler, how do you see this game unfolding? And score prediction. Yeah, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I think this could be a defensive shed, um, defensive struggle. 
or defensive battle. Um, right now, I'm not confident enough with our offense without Adrian Martinez, but I do think we have enough pieces to put up a few points against them. Um, I like Nebraska to win this game 28-17. to 17. Derek? Oh, Troy has the fourth longest road streak wins in FBS at five. That ends. I already kind of alluded to that earlier. Uh I, I I think uh, special teams scares me a little bit. I I have it thirty five fourteen Nebraska, but I think that one of their scores will come off of a special teams play. Score prediction thirty five fourteen thirty five fourteen. Okay, sorry, uh, Todd. You know I have obviously I haven't seen Troy play, but it looks like they have the offensive talent to put up a few points. I think that our Defense will force a turnover to hopefully turn one of those into a touchdown. I, I like the pressure we got last week, so I think the sacks will continue. I have it 35-24 Huskers. Nice. All right, what I'm about to say here isn't a reflection of Troy at all. It has more of a statement about what I've seen with Nebraska. I'm still not sure about Nebraska quite yet. You know, we've seen a lot of flashes of some good things in the running game and passing game. But you know what? We see a lot of reflections of what we've seen in the past year's Huskers teams. Uh, you know, we've seen the slow starts, uh, the the hiatus in the fourth quarter, the mental mistakes and penalties and drops, you know, in game-changing fashion. Uh, I'm going to, based off this Colorado game, I want to go into wait-and-see mode right now. Uh, I think the Huskers win, but it's going to be a lot closer. We don't cover. Huskers 35, Troy 27. All right, Todd, thanks for coming on. What are your plans for this weekend? How are you watching the game? i probably just sit here in the basement and watch it. And <laughs> peace and quiet. <laughs> peace and quiet. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you're wrong with all your picks. Guys, you have yeah, any final thoughts for Todd? It's good don't talking you ever to you, correct, Don't ever correct me again. <laughs> yes, yeah, I even wrote down Tulsa, so I figured you were wrong. Oh, nice. All right, Todd, thanks a lot. We'll, yep. we'll see you in see a bit. Okay, guys, now it's going to move to the segment that we uh, isn't working out well for us. It's the Let It Ride segment. Uh, the last two weeks... Uh, we've missed out. We missed out with uh, taking Miami over LSU in game one. Last week, uh, we took Arkansas over uh, Colorado State. Colorado State won that one outright. So that was terrible. This week, we're going to try it again. Uh, if this doesn't, I vote we scrap this segment. <laughs> but hopefully, our luck turns around. This week, we're taking South Florida minus 10 at Illinois. Tanner, how do you feel about this? Well, I, I think Illinois is a bad team. Um, you know, neither of their victories impressed me much. Uh, AJ Bush right now is questionable. Um, I don't think they're going to get any better. And last week, South Florida beat Georgia Tech. Um, you know, that that's a pretty good victory. And you look at that, and you know, they they beat Georgia Tech by eleven. I think they have a shot to beat uh, Illinois. I feel confident they're going to cover that game. Derek. I uh, talked you guys into the Arkansas game last week, so I pretty much just null and voided myself this week. Uh, I, I agree. I do think Illinois is terrible. I, I could see South Florida 
running away with that one. I don't know. Sure. All right. So we're taking South Florida minus 10. So we're betting $3 on this game. We're going to roll the winnings into next week because I'm, we got to be right finally. So uh, at minus 110 with the juice, uh, we're going to be pocketing 273. So next week we'll be taking 573 into the next game. So we'll get that locked in with South Florida over Illinois. All right. Now it's time for, uh, as we're wrapping up, let's go to last call. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call is to you, Ben Miles. Uh, congrats on being named eligible for the season. Um, you know, it's awesome that you saw that uh, he transferred. Um, and, and again, you NCAA rules were going to say he was going to have to sit out. But um, it's great to see them make an exception for the kid. Uh, it wasn't his fault that it didn't work out here. So happy to see that he's going to be on the field hopefully soon. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, where did he transfer to? Uh, Texas A&M. So Jimbo Fisher and squad down there, they may have, they may have won the game on uh, against Clemson if he was playing. Oh yeah, Derek. I think this is I, I congratulations to the kid. Uh, I also believe that if this is the case, I think Patrick O'Brien should be eligible too because I think they more or less eliminated his position at as a pro style passer. Uh, that's that's a terrible take. That's a can of worms that you do not want to open when Scott Frost says, hey, we eliminated the fullback. Hey, there's an argument to be made because there's no chance he sees the field. I don't like your scenario of just because of it's not the same style of quarterback. Yeah, yeah, it was the same scenario. He was never going to see the field. He was never going to sniff the field either. Nor was Jebbia. <coughs> Jebbia. Jebbia felt he was going to stay on long enough to come into fall camp and compete for a job. There's a difference. Not much. Oh, there's a big difference. Oh, This is a topic in of itself right there. Uh, Derek, last call to you. So uh, Tommy Armstrong found a job. I don't know if you guys heard, but he's going to be playing this uh, new football league in the Alliance American Football League, whatever it's called. He's going to be playing for Salt Lake City under Dennis Erickson. I'm a little curious to know what they picked him up for, what, what position he's going to be playing on in this new football league. So just to be sure, this is the same league that Mike Riley is going to be uh, coaching San Antonio, correct? Yes. The new league? Okay. Nice. Congrats. Yeah, yeah congrats to Tommy Armstrong. Uh it's great to see him get a job, and I look forward to many more YOLO bombs. Oh, that gosh. term was banned from this podcast. Yeah, it was. Uh, hey, it's last call to me, and my last call has to go out to no other Herm Edwards at Arizona State. Uh, as much crap as we gave Arizona State for hiring Herm Edwards, here he is, 2-0. He just upset Michigan State last week. In a game that I was already in bed by the second half. It was way too late, but he got the upset. Derek, what do you think? Kudos. I, I, I hammered this guy. I thought this was the worst hire ever. And if you had told me he had a better record than Scott Frost, Chip Kelly, uh, Willie Taggart, Jimbo Fisher, I'd have called you a damn fool. And he, here we are in week two, and he's got a better record so far. So... Congrats. Tyler. You know, I, I felt pretty stupid uh, for picking Penn State to 
win the East after week one. Uh, but you know what? I, I don't feel as stupid as Derek probably feels right now. But no, I kudos to Herm Edwards. I mean, and not only do they win, they've looked impressive. That defense that he has, they are playing with a lot of fire. Uh, the, the speeches that Herm Edwards must be given must be paying off right now. Absolutely. All right, guys. Great show tonight. It's time to get out of here. Let's be rooting on those Huskers this uh, Saturday. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify, and HuskerHype.com. All feedback is welcome. Let us know how you like the show. Help us out and share this episode and all of our episodes. Get our show out there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll, we'll see you next week, and as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red. Thank <laughs> you.